Welcome to Social Genius, brought to you by Drunk on Social, where we help you stay ahead of social media trends, share the latest news, and highlight the strategies that are working to help you grow your business. Now let's join our hosts, Tristan and Jeff, in three, two, one. How many of you wish that you could create a social strategy that becomes a lead funnel where you are attracting business and you're getting phone calls that is driving your success. And I mean success. And I know most of you are thinking to yourselves, yeah, Jeff, I've heard it before. What do you got for me this week? And I'm going to tell you, I've got a good one. I met this guest at an event on the East Coast. She resides in Nashville, Tennessee, she's got an Instagram page, well, social pages, uh, but I'm going to focus, we're going to focus on her Instagram today called Move Me to Tennessee. It has absolutely, completely changed uh, her life. It's changed her business. She's going places. We were just talking off the air about how busy she is. She's going to share all of that with you today. Welcome to the show, Marie Lee. Again, I mentioned out of Nashville, Tennessee. It's glad to have you here. Jeff, thanks for having me, and thanks for the warm welcome. Much appreciated. <laughs> well, it's I, I probably could have gone on and on, but they want to hear from you, not me. So I want to jump right in, and I want you to start by telling your story, because here's how I would describe you. You know, I've been on the scene, and I do all the speaking events, and I do this stuff. You're new on the scene, and mm-hmm. I love seeing newbies on the scene because you are there because of execution. And that you're the type of person that has so much to share. So first of all, let's share your story. Like, how did you get into real estate? How long have you been in real estate? And what led you to where you are today? Sure. So I got started in real estate at the end of 2020. It was my COVID pivot. Before that, I was a middle school math teacher here in the Nashville area for several years. And I just got a little birds out, was ready to move on to something new. I decided to leave teaching without a job lined up, and I actually dabbled in e-commerce for quite a bit. So I had an e-commerce business up and going where I was doing drop shipping and Amazon FBA, and that was really my introduction into social media, um, using social media to sell. And at that point in time, I was using a lot of paid advertisements and driving a lot of traffic to my my business just filed my LLC, and then when the global shutdown hit, I had to pretty much stop everything and figure out a new plan to move forward. So during that time, my now husband was in mortgages, and he was working in refinances, and he mentioned to me, hey, I think you should get into real estate. You'd be a really great fit. I'd gotten to hear the financial side of real estate for so long. Um, and how it could really impact people's lives that I decided I'd hop into real estate or as a as an agent because um, I felt like it would be a great opportunity to learn people, um, learn how to take care of people relationally, educationally. So I worked on my license while I was nannying for two pharmacists because um, I didn't qualify for unemployment. I didn't qualify for the stimulus check. So I um, worked on my my license um, during nap time ended up getting licensed and hopping right on in. I was a solo agent. I joined a big name brokerage and was trying all of the tips and tricks that they were mentioning to try and get business. And just, uh, you know, 
felt very compelled to find a way to use social media and real estate. And at that point in time, I was getting a lot of pushback, but I just kind of maintained some consistency and just kept doing it. And since then, um, it has completely transformed my business. The bulk of my business comes from social media leads. There are direct organic leads that I'm not necessarily paying money for or heavy referral fees for. And I would say 70% of my business is direct organic clients reaching out to me from Instagram. So that's a little bit of my story. And I'm sure you've got plenty of follow-up questions from there. All right. I do. I want to, I want to start and I'm going to, I'm going to ask about the percentages of business, but I want to, I want to stay in the past for a minute because I think it's important. First of all, end of 2020, you all heard that. And and the reason why I want to point that out for two reasons. One, what you're doing is, is wildly impressive. Number two, it doesn't matter if you've been in the business for 25, 30, 40 years or a year or six months, like Marie's proving that like you shift and evolve and embrace these things and it can change your life. It can change your business. You mentioned you started with a, a big box brokerage and they and you learned tips and tricks. I'd love to hear what these tips and tricks are that you speak of that you probably vacated, but just for the sake of my entertainment. Sure. I feel like I've gained a lot of my time back because these tips and tricks were so time intensive to start out with. So um, I did the cold calling. I bought into a dialer, bought into um, lists and things like that. I was calling for sale by owners and expires. That was a pretty heavy, heavy part of their lead generation model. The next model was open houses. I was hosting open houses every weekend and for other agents. But at that point in time, the market was so hot. I feel like everybody had a had an agent that they were working with. So it was not very fruitful for me. And then I even tried door knocking, which at the end of 2020, I don't know, Tennessee was, was opening back up and people were kind of getting back into sweeping, but probably wasn't the best time to be knocking on people's doors in the midst of a, you know, pandemic. <laughs> but oh, I, I was trying these methods out for quite a while and I actually had a coach and during that point in time, he was like, what are you doing to bring in business? And I had mentioned at that point in time, I had created my first TikTok video and it was a general, like I'm dancing and pointing to things, you know, the old, the old school social methods. And he told me I needed to focus on income producing activities and he just didn't think that was it. But since then, he has hired me to help teach him social media strategy so he can grow up his business in that way. And um, it's just funny how things come full circle. So um, I've pretty much abandoned those scenes, not necessarily because I, I didn't believe in them. Um, I do feel like they were very time intensive and um, very laborious. But because things have been so fruitful for me on social, I have been able to pretty much leave these things behind and focus on creating business that is attracted to me instead of me chasing business. Man, I love it. You're just so speaking my language. And 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 again, I want to go back to the the word tips and tricks. Like that's it's not like everything that you just described is is I, I'm going to use the word antiquated. That's a little bit strong, but it is. It's like it's the same thing that brokers have been teaching for the last 25 years. And I'm not even here to poo-poo them because we know they work. But the way I articulate it, Marie, is simply this. Like, 
as you get into social, it's not going to immediately replace the things that you've always done. It's going to complement. And if you do it correctly and you do it over time, as you have proven, it can take over. And now, I mean, because I've yet to meet a human who says, man, I get so fired up when I wake up today to do some cold calling. I get so fired up to go get told to F off when I door knock, right? All these things. And that's only going to get worse because, you know, millennials and Gen Zers do not like human interaction. I think you're you're probably a millennial, maybe, maybe even Gen Z. I don't know. Um, but you but you know this. You know this. Right. And so I love that you said because we hear I hear so often from agents that my broker does not support this. My broker tells me to stop doing this. And that's a refreshing story. Your broker told you not to do it, which is typical because they don't get it because, frankly, they're antiquated. But your broker not only shifted, now they've embraced it so much, they are paying you to help them. That's amazing. And I love to hear that story. So what are you doing now with your broker? I'd love to hear this just for, for context. Like, what are you doing to help them? Yeah, I think it really just comes down to strategy. And these are the kinds of conversations that I have with people. It's all about creating a content strategy that aligns with the clients that they want to work with. So for me, I primarily work with first-time homebuyers or relocation buyers who are moving to Nashville. So I'm creating content that is specifically for those two people. And because I'm so aligned with my messaging, it's bringing in business. So when I'm working with other people and trying to figure out who's your ideal client and what kind of messaging can we focus on to bring you clients? What kinds of topics and questions do they have? Um, What kind of pain points could we address? What kind of benefits or solutions could we provide? So that way they think of you as a a true thought leader and um, they know that you're providing value. So they, they already know, they already like, and they already trust you and they're ready to make a and I'm guessing that what you're teaching is exactly what you are executing. I would say so. And I think my social journey had shifted over time. Um, I started out doing a lot of trends and I started out doing, um, you know, a lot of the formulas for virality, which is, you know, I, I didn't become viral by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I was just doing what everybody else was doing. And that, leaves the algorithm at one in 2021 um that was really where i got started but 2022 i noticed that i continued that same strategy but instead of talking specifically to first-time home buyers or relocation clients i'd started talking to agents i was doing a lot of agent humor content a lot of real estate humor content And once I started making that content, I was getting a lot of likes and shares and comments from other agents, but my business really began to slow down. And I think it's because I had shifted my messaging from who I, my ideal client is. So at the beginning of 2021, I felt like, uh, or 2023, sorry, the beginning of this year, I was like, man, um, I feel like I have plateaued at that point in time. At the beginning of this year, I think I started out just shy of 14,000 followers, which was a sizable following, but on on Instagram, on Instagram Instagram specifically. um, And 
Um, it was a substantial following, but I felt like I'd hit a plateau. I felt like I was at that number for quite a while. And then I just got very, very pinpointed and aligned with who am I talking to and the content that I was creating. And I believe, you know, maybe a month ago, I just hit the 20,000 mark. So um, it's, I, they always say the riches are in the niches and I feel like you can't niche down far enough um, if you really want to expand your impact in your business. Okay, we need to unpack some of this. So mm -hmm. the first thing I want to ask you, actually, I want to digress for just a second, one more time before I get into that. You mentioned that 70% of your business is coming organically, aka you don't run ads. So I want to make right. that very clear to people. Mm -hmm. She's not boosting posts. She's not running ads. This is all just organic posting. 70% from social, 70% of what? 70% out of, well, I'd say 100, right? So this is the bulk of my business. The bulk of my business comes from social media. And, and they're and how much, so how much business are you doing? So, if, so like, yeah, like there's always that, there's always that Debbie Downer or negative Nancy who's like, oh, 70% of what? If she's only doing 10 deals per year, then that's not that big of a deal. That's what I mean. Yeah. Last year, I closed just, around 10 million. Um, so it was about 24 transactions. So uh, let's just say for an ease of ratios, out of that 10 million, 7 million of that came uh, directly from Instagram. What are you What are you trending to do in 23? I have definitely um, surpassed my benchmarks for last year. So I think I'm going to be surpassing that, which in our market, uh, transactions are down, listings are down. Um, so I feel like right now I'm maintaining a pretty strong market share and um, enough so that I actually just brought my husband on to help me out. Um, I felt like things were moving along and quite busy that I could use some help. So um, we're expanding and trying to take care of more people. That's awesome. And and you're just yeah. getting started. Let me just point this out to those of you that are, are new or are struggling uh, if if I told you that you could do, you know, 10 million in an off year, which this is very much an off year, we all know it, uh, I think most of you would say, where do I sign up, right? So let's get down to brass tacks. Let's talk about, let's get let's get granular about what you're doing and your strategies. You mentioned uh, TikTok. You've now mentioned Instagram. What platforms are you on? Yeah, so my primary focus is Instagram. Um, and then outside of Instagram, there was a point in time where I was focused on TikTok, um, but I have kind of shied away from that um, just because TikTok content and Instagram content are similar, but the behaviors and actions are very different for users, right? So um, I focus primarily on Instagram. Um, then my secondary is uh, Facebook, and then I'm focusing on LinkedIn. So because I am primarily dealing with relocation clients, I'm on LinkedIn and I am putting out relocation content. And there was a point in time where I was posting in the search bar, like moving to Nashville or relocating to Nashville and seeing who was making public posts. And I would just pop up in those comments and offer to help. So um, I don't know, people don't really talk about LinkedIn very often. I don't, I wouldn't consider that to be a gold nugget, but I think it's a platform that not enough people utilize with their strategy. Well, 100%. Actually, the, the, the gold nugget inside of LinkedIn is that you can target. 
you can't target on any of the platforms anymore as a real estate professional, but you can on LinkedIn. And so that's why uh, it is incredibly valuable. So on those channels, you mentioned four of them. It's Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn. Are you multi-purposing the same content across the channels? Yeah. So, um, oh, and now I'm on threads. So that's fun. I've seen you over there. Yeah. So um, I would say my primary focus has been to create content for Instagram. And then I will repurpose it over to Facebook, repurpose it over to LinkedIn um, and, you know, the other various platforms that we're, we're talking about. Um, but I primarily focus on Instagram because that's where the majority of my business is. And that's how the majority of the people find me. The only things I'm thinking I'm making changes on um, would be really my captions or the kind of text that I'm providing for these platforms so I feel like Instagram is very conversational, um, especially in your your caption section. When I'm over on Facebook, um, I feel like I people like to read, I think, on Facebook. So if I'm posting a video or a carousel post or something like that, I might give more of a story with Facebook. And then like with LinkedIn, I'm focused more on results because it's a, you know, results-oriented platform. So think the messaging is the same, but I do have a slightly different approach. Um, but because I'm using the same content, it's pretty easy to make slight tweaks here and there for each platform. So what I heard was you, you've made Instagram your cornerstone, uh, which is something that we, we teach is make pick a platform, make it your cornerstone, own that platform. And did you did you choose Instagram or did Instagram choose you? And by, by that, I mean, did you make Instagram your cornerstone because you gained the most traction there? Or did you know from day one, I'm going to make Instagram my cornerstone? Yeah, good question. I think Instagram felt very comfortable to me. It was a, um, it was a platform that I was using quite a bit for, uh, for dropshipping and for e-commerce. I was using Facebook as well, but I noticed that I had more of an opportunity for organic direct leads on Instagram, specifically because of some of the features, because there are, um, you know, communities that are created on Instagram. I'm able to have conversations with them in the DMs. I'm able to be um, not just on the feeds of the people who follow me, but also have the potential for the explore page or the discoverability as uh, aspect of it. The search engine optimization, I felt like as a entire platform, Instagram was um, bite-sized enough that I could create content in a very scalable and tangible manner. Like YouTube, that content is, uh, you know, it's long format. It takes a lot more to prepare for that. I feel like Instagram's small enough that I can just do it. Um, but it's robust enough that I have all of these other features where I can connect with people, have conversations, and in turn, convert more of my followers into clients. I love that. So it, it kind of sounds to me like it was a little bit of both. Um, mm -hmm. But the reason I asked that question is because I want people to understand and know that, like like you said, the riches are in the niches. And, and every social media coach says you need to find your niche. But the, my response to that is they're right, but they're wrong because it's not us as the creator who gets to choose our niche. And so we as a real estate community typically say, well, I want to be known as the real estate agent, you know, blah, 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 the 
you know, the the influencer or the the authority. And oftentimes it doesn't work for them because audiences are not going to social for real estate. They're going there for other reasons. And so you just have to go to these platforms, post, you know, create your pillars of content, whatever it is, and throw shit up against a wall, the way I describe it, and see what sticks. And that's exactly what Maria's done here. Now she has been fortunate enough, but also uh, she's she's good enough at it to where she's made real estate her niche. And Instagram said, her audience said, give it to us and give us more. And it's proved itself with the results, 20,000 followers, now 70% of your business. And so I wanted to point that out to people because I don't want everyone to listen to somebody like you, Marie, and be like, oh, okay, I got to run Instagram. You know, it's it's not, this is not one size fits all. Some of you might find that success on Facebook. I found it on TikTok. 43,000 followers around a geographic area. I just got lucky. I, you know, I'm executing, but it's 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 a lot of luck, right? And and so I wanted to point that out. So Instagram's your jam, and then you're multi-purposing to other places. I want to get deeper on the content strategy, but first I had one question. Facebook is your number two. Are we talking about, do you have a Facebook group? Is it your personal profile? Is it a page? What is it? Yeah, so my... My, um, I think approach mostly follows Facebook groups and just being a, a asset in these groups, providing good, solid recommendations, getting people connected, being a connector. I do not run a Facebook group at this point in time, um, but occasionally I will do some challenges or things like that. Um, like I was doing a um, owner boot camp. That was um, people were finding on Instagram, but I was actually hosting the community in Facebook and using that Facebook group to provide more value and give a more targeted approach. But um, yeah, Facebook groups, other people's Facebook groups have been my jam at this point in time. Um, so that's been my focus. You're, yeah. So so you're you're cross posting to your personal profile, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct but you're infiltrating other groups that are probably geographically targeted and that is also paying off for you. Yeah. I was um, joining a lot of local like women's groups, a lot of local entrepreneur groups and networking groups. And um, anytime people needed something, I tried to provide value first before, Hey, I'm a real estate agent. You know, anybody looking to buy or sell, Hey, I'd love to work with them. For example, I was in a Facebook group and um, I had just downloaded a freebie. I downloaded a guide, like a homeowner's guide. And in this group, I was like, hey, guys, I just finalized my free homeowner um, homeowner manual. Does anybody want one? And on that one post, I got over 100 comments. So then I'd have a conversation with them in the DMs. Hey, what's your email? So that way I can get ready to send this to you. But because I was offering something for free, I had all these people that were ready to have conversations. And um, that, you know, was that they were part of my my community. They are part of my own atmosphere, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word, but we'll go rat. That's when we'll go with it. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a new one. All right. You know what? We, I invent words all the time. So we're going to uh, invent meanings to words. So I'll go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, cool. So I love that. So now let's let's uh, go back to really the, again where the rubber meets the road for you, which is Instagram. And so let's talk about your content strategies. First of all, do you have a certain cadence of how often you want to post? Sure, I have 
gone with every method in the book. I've done multiple times a day, every day, twice a week. At this point in time, I'm aiming for two to three posts per week, like on my feed. So that's either reels or carousel posts or static posts. Um, And I am aiming to be on stories four to five times per week where I'm popping up at the top of somebody's feed. And usually that is me showing a behind the scenes or something personal or asking questions to just drive engagement. So those are the two, I guess, KPIs I'm focusing on. Like, hey, am I posting on my feed two to three times per week? And am I posting on my stories four to five times per week? Um, Those typically are the the numbers that I'm, I'm doing at the moment. Does all this social media knowledge, strategies, and skills from this podcast really matter if you don't use video? The truth is any presence is better than no presence, but without video, you're really limiting your growth. It's no secret that video is the future of all media. It's where all consumers gravitate, so executing at a higher level than your industry peers is an absolute necessity to create differentiation. You can hire a full-time videographer, but is that really sustainable? The answer is no for many, which is why it is critical that you adopt and learn video skills to allow you to create video that will stand out. Having camera presence, knowing what equipment to use and how to use it, proper lighting, video editing, music and voiceovers, scripting, and many other topics are the reason why Business Video School was created. To teach you how to develop these skills quickly and easily with over-the-top support along the way so that you never feel lost. The Business Video School is a comprehensive video education platform that delivers all of this training, but also creates actual video recipes with instructions and scripts for you to execute relevant content weekly with all of the skills you learn. And it doesn't stop there. Regular video challenges, weekly Q&As, a real estate video roadmap, a community of people learning and experimenting with video, and so much more. Seriously. What are you waiting for? Why wouldn't you join the Business Video School today? Go to www.bizvideoschool.com forward slash open dash house and register for the next open house where you'll, you'll learn more and get a chance to hear from current students, even ask them questions. That's bizvideoschool.com. Check it out. That's awesome. And I'm, I say that because, you know, this again, social is not one size fits all. And so Marie, when I, when I teach this and I talk about it, I always share my content strategy, which is much more robust. It's, it's at least a reel a day, at least one a day and five to seven stories per day. And so, but I know when I say that, that becomes immediately overwhelming for at most. And I say that because you're executing at a very high level and you have a completely different strategy, and it's much more attainable, although way advanced from a novice, because uh, two to three per week is not crazy, and four to five stories per week, not crazy. You're not even posting your stories every single day. In fact, I'll challenge you as a social media strategist practitioner to say you should be posting to your story every day because you want that bubble always at the top because it's digital billboard. Right. You always want it there. Um, but I love that you essentially proved me wrong and said... I don't have to. It's still driving my business. Um, <laughs> I love that. So, okay, now as we talk about that cadence and you're you're doing a combination. So if I'm looking at your feed, which I am, in fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share my screen. So for anybody who actually is watching this, not many are, but if anybody is, 
most are listening, you can kind of follow along here. So let me pull you out here. So if you're looking at, so first of all, move me to Tennessee. You can find her that way. You could type in Marie, Marie Lee Nashville Realtor. You'll find her that way. Um, but as you can see here, 20,000 and a half followers and almost a thousand posts. She's clearly very consistent, been doing this for a while. And I'm looking at her, her just general feed. And on your general feed, we're going to see both your carousels and your, your static posts and your reels. So do you, as I'm looking at this, like these are your pen posts at the top and then everything else kind of falls below. You've got static, you've got real, you've got real, 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 real. So just looking at this, reels seem to be your priority. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. And um, they're just my priority at this point in time, because for me, I think um, reels can be really easy to create if you're recording everything. So for a lot of these reels, I have recorded what I would consider to be B-roll footage, where I am showing a home, where I'm showing the behind the scenes of the work that I'm doing, or I'm showing myself working. And I have used or gotten all these clips. And then when I think of an idea, I just put them all together. So I don't have to get ready and be presentable on camera all the time. Um, if I'm going to be doing a talking head video uh, and like I'm doing the whole get ready thing or I'm being intentional that commentary because I have found like if I don't get ready and I show up on video, um, my engagement tanks. Okay, so like if I'm if I'm not looking somewhat presentable, people are not paying attention. Um, so I'm like, let me get some videos of when I am like put together, so that way when I don't feel like getting ready, I can just use these. And um, if I'm doing a talking head video, which I'm shooting probably once to twice, um, um, or once every week, um, then I'll get ready for that. But for the most part, the majority of this footage is all footage that I had gotten from another point in time and had decided to just kind of combine it together for real when I had the inspiration. I love that. Uh, so to stay to stay in that vein, uh, who is doing your editing? Me. So I, I don't have anything currently outsourced. I'm using either Canva for uh, carousel posts, or I am just using the Instagram app and the Instagram text features. Like this post right here, this is a carousel post. I did this on Canva. Um, and then outside of that, I might use Twitter for maybe a, a carousel post or a reel where I'm highlighting a, um, a quote, but for the most part, I'm doing everything. And I'm not paying money for it. So, what kind of uh, editor? What editor are you using? I'm using the uh, for reels. I'm using the Instagram editing app, and I'm nice. I have not played around with CapCut or Splice or any of that. But it's pretty much all in app, um, and I am yeah just using the same fonts, tools, and editing features that are available there. I love it. And and it, obviously it's very apparent. So if you're looking at her page, you go stalk. If you're, you know, on the treadmill or driving or something, go, go, you're going to go follow her and you should, but you're going to notice a consistency. And, and I, I imagine that that's a part of your strategy. In other words, that you use this, this brown color, uh, you're using the brown color for your, 
uh, texts within your videos, but then on Canva, it's a similar color. Is that that was clearly planned and that was yeah. correct? So, um, yeah, on Canva, I had selected a color that I was like, oh, I'm a pretty neutral gal. So let me just like use this brown. And then I picked a couple of other colors that I felt like would potentially be good accents. But um, when I am on the Instagram editing app, I just chose, hey, like I'm going to use this color text every single time or like the inverse of it. So I try to maintain some consistency throughout the feed. So a lot of times when people are looking at my content, um, it is, you know, brown and cream. And um, if they don't know who I am, just like seeing the colors pop up, um, I feel like is a, a good um, brand indicator. Like, oh, hey, that's Maria. That's who David's going to see. It reminds them of you. Yeah, that's that's critical. I mean, and you've done a great job of it because it, it defines you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's that's absolutely fantastic. Like Like me with hats. And I've always had to explain this over the years. It's not because I have a, an, an affinity for hats. It was actually my dermatologist who said, start wearing hats. And then I just decided to make it my brand. And then you but become you known for something. And, and I, I love that. And I think it's important because you don't have the feed that, you know, you, you've seen other people, other social influencers that have these feeds that are like so well put together and organized. And it's like each post is it's okay, real, then static, then real, then static. And it's, it's you're not that anal. Um, mm-hmm. you're, you're just getting it out there, right? But you are maintaining some level of consistency, which, is, which, is, which makes the aesthetic attractive. So when I fall on your page, I'm more likely to stick with it, basically. Yeah. Um, I, now, I noticed, I noticed one thumbnail here. Uh, it, otherwise, it doesn't look like you're basically choosing video thumbnails, which is... Mm-hmm. Fine. Uh, why did you choose to put a thumbnail thumbnail on this one? Yeah, so um, that was an outside collaboration post. And Joe runs a YouTube channel and he has an outside editor. So, um, you know, I've got to kind of try out some, some new things there. Um, and I feel like I've been trying to do some collaborations more and more. Uh, maybe around one a month. Um, so that's either me collabing with somebody else in a live or hopping on a collab. Um, so that's where that came into play. Great question. That brings up a great point. So how often do you go live? Yeah. Um, at the beginning of the year, I was trying to go live once a week. I felt like that would be great. Um, but then I just kind of got a little too busy. But I feel like going live is a really great opportunity for you to share your insight, to connect with your audience, and to provide some value. So I personally would like to go live at least once a month. Um, and that's either going to be me on the live, just having a one-on-one with the community that's there, or I am doing a collab maybe um, with some other people um, kind of talking about different markets or talking about different industries. So like the mortgage world, the title world, the new construction world, et cetera. Get it. So while I, while I still have this page pulled up too, I want to point out and we talk about how to set up your bio. And again, if you've listened to Tristan or I talk about this, you know that you know, your bio is like SEO. It's 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 uh, it, it serves a couple of purposes. The keywords that you put into the bio helps the algorithm figure out who you are and, and who to show, you know, who to show your content to. But also 
when somebody stalks you because that's what happens. Like somebody's scrolling Instagram, they're, they're scrolling Reels, they see Marie and they're like, oh, that was cool. And they click on her bubble and they go check her out. And what's the first thing they're going to see? It's your picture and your bio. And so as you're speaking to a real estate audience or somebody who says, man, I want to be just like Marie, what tips would you give somebody for what little characters that they have here uh, for their bio? Yeah, make sure that you are talking about your area. So that's in my tagline, like my my name, right? So people know where I'm at. That's a, a huge function for SEO. Um, if people type in Nashville Realtor, I'm going to be one of the top accounts to pop up um, because of that. The second thing is like, who are you helping? So identifying who you're focused on helping out with. So like I'm talking about using... Um, home tips and giving market updates. Well, I, I'm not coming out directly and saying, hey, I'm here for first time home buyers or relocation clients, but this is content that first time home buyers and relocation clients are going to want to see. And then I'm giving them some incentive like, hey, let's connect or let's uh, maybe if you're not ready to connect right now, like let's give you some value. So that way we have a little bit more of a relationship here. So I'm directing them to go to the link in my bio to either download some freebies or have a one-on-one consult so they know what next steps look like for them. So this is uh, links, it looks like. I don't know links. I know Linktree. I know Beacons. I use Instacard. Uh, So explain what that is uh, to our audience, maybe to those that aren't necessarily watching, uh, but why it's so important to have something like this and not and, and I'm going to ask this two parts. So that's the first part of the question. The second part is the the initial thought for most real estate professionals is, well, I'm going to put my real estate website as my link. So mm-hmm. first of all, describe kind of what you have here and why it's important versus uh, having uh, your direct link to your real estate website. This is, in my opinion, the most under like undervalued piece of real estate on your page. And this is where the conversions come in. So your content is important, your bio and your brand is important, but if people don't have a way to connect with you and people don't have a way to stay informed, you are not going to convert your followers and clients. So I'm using links, L-I-I-N-K-S.co. Links is a free tool to use, just like Linktree, just like Beacons and Milkshake, all of those. Um, personally, I just like the aesthetic of links. Um, and I am using a free account. So on this particular page, I have my name. I have who I am. So it's like Nashville Real Estate Agent Relocation Specialist. But then right underneath all of that, I have every form of contact that people need. So I get direct emails, direct calls, Facebook follows, um, website hits, all on that very top row. Um, And then after that, I have some very key and deliberate buttons that people can push. The first one is a work with me call. So I just give people an opportunity to schedule a 15-minute one-on-one conversation and that's usually where I dive in and um, just find out what next steps might look like for somebody if somebody's exploring the Nashville area if somebody is thinking about becoming a homeowner 
I'm always directing them to the link in my bio and I'm always directing them to sign up for a time to chat. Um, and that's giving me all of their contact information so I can stay, stay in contact with them. Um, the second is a link to my monthly email. So I do a monthly email called the Nashville Hot Take. And that's where I'm talking about the Nashville market. I am talking about what's happening in housing. Like I would say a pretty general housing description, like what's going on across the country. But then I dive down specifically into like Nashville's numbers, Nashville's trends. I'm talking about what's going on like locally. And then I'm kind of giving some some personal stuff so people can see some like behind the scenes scenes of what's going on in my life. Um, so that's a way for me to stay top of mind. Once a month, they get this email to their mailbox. And then the third option is for somebody who's looking to download a free home buying guide. I had mentioned I am um, actually a part of the Coffee and Contracts community, and I used one of their home buying guides, created a landing page, and people are signing up for it, getting pushed this manual, getting pushed this guide, this freebie, um, as soon as they are giving me their email and their their name. So they're going into an email list that I have for them. Um, and then everything else under that, I would say, you know, is optional, but I think having your contact information, um, a way for people to stay in touch long-term, like if they don't want to follow you, but they want to stay, stay, um, abreast of what's going on. But then that third piece, like, Hey, what's a piece of value that you can provide somebody? Um, so that way they kind of have an established relationship. I love it. And, and to add to this, so first of all, go check this out. So if you, when you follow her, move me to Tennessee, you're going to see the link, the links there. You're going to click on it. You're going to go check this out because everybody needs to have one of these. And there's two things I will say to that, Marie. Number one, if you have a real estate website on your Instagram page, to me, that screams, I'm going to sell you something and I'm essentially a spammer. Nobody wants that. So it's going to turn people off. Number two, this is a one-stop shop. Like she just described everything here that's extremely important to our business. And now it gives people the opportunity to go down that rabbit hole. The longer they spend on Marie's stuff, the more she is becoming sticky to her consumers and to her followers. It's incredibly important. And you can do more than just what she's done here. You could you could add links to your TikTok, to your Facebook, to your YouTube, to your LinkedIn. If you have if you own Airbnbs, put links to your Airbnb there. If you are doing collabs and selling products, you could put links to those products. Like there's sky's the limit. Like you can do anything here. Uh, and clearly you have you're well thought out and you're an inspiration, and I think a lot of people are going to totally emulate what you're doing because your style is awesome, um, and the way you're describing what you're doing here is uh, attainable. Like I said, it, I know when I teach this stuff, I know that I'm like, okay, you're you're a psycho, um, and that's that part of probably putting it nicely. I love what you're doing because not only is it working, you're doing it not at some obnoxious rate that is not duplicatable, like what you're doing here. If anything, I'm going to challenge Marie to do more. And I know she knows that. Mm -hmm. Like over time, I think she's going to evolve and she's going to scale and maybe hire people or partner with people to help her scale and do more because she's going to be a $50 million producer in the coming years. And you know that. Um, you're going to grow to that level because what you're doing is is really, really awesome in a short amount of time. And of course, you know, you have a very... Uh, attractive husband uh, that's totally going to be your eye candy. 
<laughs> yeah, probably. I hope he. I hope he listens to this and then heard that plug, and I get and I get a I get a, an air fist bump from him. Little dude, I'll be sure to point at the plug. <laughs> so yeah, I, I we're we're getting long on time. Um, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you feel like is important? Because I feel like we really kind of dove deep here on your strategy. But is there anything that I missed that you feel like the audience should should know about or should hear about? Yeah. Um, I also to go back to like, hey, why am I not using my my real estate website? I'm using links because you'd mentioned it's all in one shop, but also it gives me analytics. So it shows me what is it that people want and what is it that people are clicking on and how many people are watching this or looking at this or clicking on this button. That's important because that's showing you where you need to be investing your time, effort, your energy. So I think that data is so important and you should take time to look at that. Um, The other piece of advice I'd give would be uh, it takes consistency and sometimes it takes a while for you to figure out what's working. So when I started this journey, I had a lot of people telling me, what are you doing? Um, Who do you think you are? Why are you creating this content? In fact, I had a lot of friends and family who saw what I was doing was really annoying and they decided to unfollow me. And I took it that to heart for quite a bit. Like, oh my gosh, uh, people that I had like really strong relationships with, they're getting annoyed by me. But at the end of the day, um, I realized that that loss allowed me to gain an entire community that is supportive and ready to, to work with me. So that particular mindset shift took about six to nine months to really like hone in on it felt very uncomfortable I had imposter syndrome and I still have imposter syndrome when I'm posting things but I just got to trust the process and keep showing up and you know it feels like just when I think about getting ready to take a break or you know kind of pivot or start over all of a sudden something pops up something happens a video gets traction or or something like that. And then I had this new wind of business. So if I would have stopped it every time that I thought, all right, this is over and done with, it's on to the next day, then um, I probably wouldn't be in real estate now. So just keep on keeping on. I love that. Uh, and that that did bring up a couple of questions because every time I talk, I talk about this, I tell people, I said, your, your biggest haters, your biggest trolls, your biggest naysayers, and haters is a strong word, is typically your family, your closest friends, maybe even a business partner, because this is outside of the norm. Now it's becoming more norm, but over the last several years, and, and I've been doing this since 16, 17, so I was really a unicorn and not in a good way. I took a lot of hate. Um, and I don't think it was hate, just like, what the hell are you doing? You're an idiot. This is stupid. But I want to ask you the question, those people that you know were quote unquote annoyed or questioned what you were doing or told you you were doing it wrong, how many of them have come around? You know, I, don't, I don't, didn't pay any attention. I noticed when they unfollowed me and I was cognizant about it. But after a certain period of time, I was like, you know what? If they're meant for me, they're going to be here. And if they decide to refollow me, that's great. But if not, like, I, there's no hate. They didn't sign up for real estate content. So I just kind of let them go on their merry way but like if we were to see each other in person we're cordial you know but we're just not keeping up with each other in every um form or fashion on social and that's okay i think people have got to be able to realize like you're not going to be palatable for everyone and you're not meant for everyone 
but you should be available to the people who need you the most. That's powerful because we get we're we're so paralyzed by what people are going to think. And as you just stated, it's like it doesn't matter if someone doesn't want your stuff. That's okay because you want the people that want it because those are going to be your consumers, right? And so mm-hmm. um, I think that's powerful. And last question, how often do you get trolled? How often do you get haters on your content? All right. I might be getting really premature here and I'm going to knock on wood, but I feel like I don't get trolled. Um, and I, I don't know why that is. I feel like for the most part, I mean, I get people who troll me and I troll them back, but like in a positive manner, in a way, I feel like it's kind of passive aggressive. But like if somebody tries to be negative about me, I'm going to spin it to be positive. Oh. Um. Yeah, I'm going to spin it to be positive. And I feel like that's kind of like the expectation in my comments. Like, I don't get people who talk to me about how insane prices in Nashville have gotten. Like, if I'm posting a um, market update, and there are some people in our market who, if they post a market update, like, they're getting trolled, talked, I mean, just trashed. Um, So, I think if you are intentional about the branding and the messaging that you're using, like, I would say I'm a pretty positive person. Um, like, I feel like that's the kind of energy that I receive, but sometimes I'll get those spam comments and it's, sometimes it's just kind of fun to go right back at them in the, in the, in the comments. That's it. Don't, don't crawl into a hole. Don't let it knock you down. In fact, when you respond with kindness to assholes, uh, it does two things. Your audience sees it and that it makes them love you even more. Um, and it almost always shuts them up like they want to get under your skin and when they quickly when they realize they can't get under your skin it's game over and you win and um right that's a great response i love that because uh more more people need to hear that because it is the biggest objection and again the biggest paralysis that causes people not to post it all it takes is one hate message one one ignorant one asshole and it knocks us backwards and uh you know, the more you grow on social, as you, you're going to continue to find out, is that the, the bigger you get, the more influence you gain, the more eyeballs you're getting, the more it brings out those ales and mm-hmm. part of the game. And so you just have to embrace it and accept it and know that it's a part of that game. Marie, this is, a, this is amazing. I, I think I have an obvious question for you, but I am going to ask because I know there's going to be a lot of people that want to learn from you and connect with you. What is the best way for people to connect with you? If you had to guess and it was Instagram, you would be correct. I would say I'm I'm pretty, I mean, you could say on Instagram. Um, if you go to my profile, at Marie de Tennessee, Tennessee is so all the way out. Um, I am very, um, very communicative in my DMs. And then there's also all the forms of communication there in my link and bio. So um, if you ever wanted to get in contact, that would probably be the best route to go. I love it. And I'm going to say it again, you know, obviously with that said, go follow, move me to Tennessee. You can find her under Marie Lee, Nashville realtor. I mean, not only are you going to be impressed with the content and and the aesthetic of it, and she's got a good bio, she's got a good link, even the highlights here. I mean, she's even got to start here, which is really smart uh, because it's very clear. Like I'm going to go here and I noticed it's a video quickly explaining who you are, what you do. Uh, that's brilliant. Uh, great job with all of this. Uh, you, again, 
you're an up and comer. I don't know if I've called you that, and if, I, if that's even fair to say anymore. But uh, you know, comparative to our industry, you are. Uh, you're going to do some amazing things. This is going to be fun to watch. I look forward to to hopefully many other real estate agents being inspired by you, connecting with you. And frankly, personally, I look forward to just staying in touch. Yeah, likewise, Jeff. I appreciate it. Thanks for the the kind commentary. And I always appreciate the, the work you're putting out there and the encouragement that you're giving other agents and lenders. I know it's much appreciated. You're a rock star. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Social Genius, brought to you by Drunk on Social. We are here to help you take your business to new levels through social media. Make sure to subscribe to get updates on new episodes and come join us on our Drunk on Social Facebook page. And as always, make sure you leave us a great review on your favorite podcast app. Feedback and likes are very much appreciated. 